Hello and welcome back to Running the Table, a podcast all about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday or New Year's or whatever, and uh, welcome back to the podcast after the brief hiatus so that I could celebrate it myself. Today, uh, I actually want to discuss one thing that is a, a pretty interesting concept. So, as you may be aware of, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 came out. Uh, and whatever your opinions on it, good, bad, whatever, uh, it does definitely have a unique kind of air to it. And what I'd like to talk about today is, for those of you who are itching to play something like this, but in a more freeform tabletop manner, I'd like to discuss a couple options for you. Namely, we have the game itself that the Cyberpunk 2077 world is from, that the video game was based off of, Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, this is a... Uh, 1989 or earlier RPG that came out that helped to define the cyberpunk setting uh, in terms of tabletop, tabletop role-playing games. Now, alongside Cyberpunk 2020 is the newer version of it from Art Halsorian Games, Cyberpunk Red. And then, for one that may be a little bit more comforting... For those of you that are coming from Dungeons and Dragons, there is also Shadowrun. So, why should you play these? Well, cyberpunk as a genre is all about this dystopian future wherein corporations kind of run everything. And many people are forced to live in less than you know, less than legal ways, just in order to survive. Uh, it is a world that has been ravaged and corporate greed runs rampant. It has a lot of things that can, you know, talk about uh, the current issues plaguing the world, and it's a good way to tell a story that may include some idea of these themes. Now, if you're not keen on adding themes to a story, or you're just not interested in playing in a world that dystopian, that's fine too. You can alter these games and make it more about the heists themselves. So Cyberpunk games, uh, both Cyberpunk 2020, Cyberpunk Red, as well as Shadowrun, kind of focus around this idea of heists. In general, the characters are not on some epic yarn to save the world, but are instead hired for a specific job, and they do that. Uh, they may even not ever interact with each other after that job is done, making these games great for one or multiple shots, rather than ongoing campaigns. That said, ongoing campaigns are not impossible to run in these. They just require a different set of story-making skills. So, Let's just go over a brief rundown of these games. Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk Red. These might be the most familiar to you if you have been playing Cyberpunk 2077 or have been following its development. Um, many, uh, in fact, 
all of the corporations that are included are the same or similar. Arasaka, uh, Kiroshi, these big names in the video game make a resurgence, or originated rather, in these tabletop role-playing games. Uh, Cyberpunk 2020 is the original one where you take on the role of an edge runner, somebody who runs that fine line, that edge between legal and illegal, the corporate world and the underground. Somebody who works as a mercenary while also fighting against the rampant capitalism of the corporations, and at times being hired by those self-same corporations. The story that you can weave here is kind of your own, but the world is so established that it can be difficult to take it in new directions. That said, it's not impossible. Many of these uh, tales all revolve around Night City, a novel city that has been constructed in the California, uh, well, not really in the California desert, but it is a desert in the world at that time. Uh, it's, I think, the fiction places it somewhere between uh, Monterey Bay and L.A. or something like that, um, which is between the two major hubs of Northern California and Southern California. So Night City exists right in there. Uh, it would not be unexpected for somebody from L.A. to move up or from somebody from San Francisco to move down. Uh that said, Night City is a corporate haven, so lots of corporations have headquarters or big presences in the city. So, there's a lot of stuff to steal, and where there's a lot of stuff to steal, there's a lot of people hiring mercenaries to steal things. Since the city itself and the net, which is the connected internet of sorts, uh, that has also acted as a sort of cyberspace, uh, is more or less the Wild West. Um, it is very easy for mercenaries to go on these heists. And in fact, corporate espionage is not necessarily seen as a crime so long as you don't get caught, because the corporations can just outright buy the police off. Capitalism and greed, what can you say? And that's the world where uh, this is set. And the edge runners themselves could be net runners. They could be, which are which are uh, a sort of hacker, or they could be cyborg solos that are all about running in and slashing things up and then shooting things down. Um, but I think that the uh, the the class that actually appeals to me the most that makes cyberpunk itself kind of unique is the rocker boy. So, what is a rocker boy? Well, it's actually a completely non-combat class in the same sense. It's not geared towards it. It is the definition of attempting to use music and performance and a voice in the underworld to enact some sort of change or make some sort of stance. Uh, the rocker boy can oftentimes become the the glue of a group that is performing a heist, or may even be the reason behind the heist itself. Uh, if you've been following the game, I think that Johnny Silverhand, voiced by Keanu Reeves, is an archetypical rocker boy. Uh, not all of them are so gruff, but many of them are in that same kind of vein. 
the main character of that video game would be kind of, I believe, the archetype of the solo, uh, just because they kind of go solo. But the game itself doesn't really capture these roles. These roles are geared more towards a tabletop role-playing game, one where everybody can kind of contribute to the ongoing interactions. That said, Cyberpunk 2020 is a little bit dated. Newer editions have been kind of coming out slowly, but Cyberpunk Red is where I would actually recommend, if you're looking for a tabletop role-playing game in this exact same world, to go. Cyberpunk Red is the new edition that came out at Gen Con 2019, and Cyberpunk Red takes place between the original tabletop role-playing game and the new video game. Uh, it is set in the year 2045 and is all about the same kinds of things that Cyberpunk 2020 is about, but with much more polish, refinement, and updated handling over Cyberpunk 2020. Essentially, it is the updated version, and while there is a place for these classic games that really can be uh, unique and reflect that, uh, Cyberpunk Red definitely has that extra polish on it, and it definitely has a little bit more of a newer feeling that a lot of gamers are going to be more comfortable and familiar with. Uh, it's not like the drastic change from 3.5 to 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, if you know that, but it is a change. And while I, I do really enjoy Cyberpunk 2020 itself, I think that if you were just going to dive right into this and go for a Cyberpunk game set in the exact same world, Cyberpunk Red would likely be where I would recommend. Uh, you can learn quite a bit more as well as the Jumpstart Kit. So the Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart Kit is available, uh, and then the Core Rulebook has been out since uh, November. So they're both out. You can download them. You can visit their, their website and learn all about it. Uh, and rather than, than tell you more about it, I would recommend read through, just get a glimpse at some of the rules, and then see if you're into it. Now, if you're a Dungeons & Dragons player and you want something that's a little bit more similar or familiar to that, the other option is Shadowrun. Shadowrun has a very similar, but also different world. It is again dystopian. It follows the same cyberpunk archetype where there's this idea of corporate greed and their domination over the world. But the corporations, the world itself, the history, all of that is different. Even the slang for hackers uh, from Netrunners to Deckers is quite a bit different. Now, Shadowrun has been going on for quite some time. It was originally published in 1989, so about the same time. Uh, but a 6th edition, brand new, just came out last year. Uh, or two years ago, sorry. 2019. Uh, and what really sets Shadowrun apart from Cyberpunk is that it's not all about the technology. Shadowrun includes magic. Part of the world of Shadowrun includes the resurgence of magic and magical races. As such, there's 
suddenly, after eons of just humans or centuries, millennia, a long time of just humans and no magic, suddenly elves, trolls, orcs, they're back. And so is the magic that they and now humans can wield. This includes basically all the magic or the magical archetypes that you would find in Dungeons and Dragons. There's ideas behind, you know, the the wizardy type, but then right alongside them are the deckers, the hackers. Uh, and as such, you could be an expert in electronic surveillance and magic, and you could even use your magic to enhance technology or to enhance your ability to crack into technology. Now, there's a lot of complex situations that can happen in Shadowrun. Again, it is, uh, well, Shadowrun is again built around heists, usually around data theft. Um, and there's a lot of different things that you can do with that. A lot of directions that the, the game master can go in. But the rules behind Shadowrun are very complex. And in fact, if you are, are not exactly the best with remembering rules and you're not so sure that you want to have to make your players remember a lot of rules and you also just don't like, you know, looking them up, Shadowrun may not be for you. Uh, same vein as games like Pathfinder or Starfinder where there's a lot to them. And as such, there's this convoluted sense of character creation that can get very detailed. And people have even made uh, programs just to help you get through all of the, the, the skill points and the essence and the karma and edge and all of that for your character just to create them. That said, once you do create a character, they're, they're created. And it's, it's really built out. Uh, that is one thing that I will say as um, an interesting idea to Shadowrun is that the in-depth rules and the in-depth character creation process definitely does help you get a good sense for your character, their past, their best attributes, and potentially even where they want to go, their hopes, dreams, future. You even have to come up with ideas around what their contact system might look like. You know, do they have a point of contact that's normally their, their go-to for getting quests, their fixer, somebody like that? Or do they just kind of have a couple of buddies who always invite them along? And are those the other players? Essentially, do they have their own reputation or do they piggyback off of others? And there's a lot to be said about the character creation process. That said, if you're just looking to incorporate magic, it might be a little too complex to just go for that. But if you think you can handle it, it is tons of fun and opens up a wide variety. And again, of course, rules in these kinds of games are oftentimes more about guidelines. And the Game Master does have the final say on a lot of them. But again, it's it's complicated. So it's one of those things where I would say definitely try it out. See if you can get into a game that is ongoing and, and see if you can get somebody to help you build a character. Once you've got a few sessions under your belt, you might read through the rule books a little bit more closely and try to figure out how you'd run a game.
Now, if you want to do that, you'll have quite a, a, a struggle ahead of you just in, in memorizing rules if you wanted to memorize rules, but you don't necessarily have to. There's lots of books out there that you can easily sort through. You can easily look these things up. So Shadowrun is very fun. It incorporates the dark technological aspects of a cyberpunk world and the corporate greed. Only now uh, you could be an elf with magic and the head of that corporation is very likely an actual dragon sitting on a pile of wealth built up by their corporation and protecting it for all that it's worth against other rival dragons. Yes, that's that's actually a thing in the world, is many corporations are headed by literal dragons in human form. Or, you know, humanoid form. Now, there's something else that's interesting about it in that it doesn't carry the same kind of archetypes or class system in the same sense. Uh, many of the archetypes and skills are free form, and so you have to kind of learn a little bit about them and how well they work together. You know, the idea of an engineer who is also capable of working with electronics and also capable of hacking. Yeah, that 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 kind of goes together and they could build a system, uh, they can handle electronics, and they can run them. Great. Now, that said, uh, if you want to make a hack and slash hacker, that is also technically possible. It allows you a lot of variations, and you could even focus entirely on being the getaway driver, which can be very fun. Now, the other thing that I would like to say, or rather the last thing that I would like to say about Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Red, Shadowrun, and any game that you choose to make about heists, and this is something that I would like to talk about in greater detail in the future, but heists are a specific type of running a one or multiple shot or even a way of having an ongoing campaign that can have somebody only appear for one or two sessions and not the whole story. You can have a character who is in a heist and they are the arrival driver, they help plan, and they are the getaway driver. That means that you can easily schedule around their schedule, uh, and they don't necessarily have to be there for every session. And this is a fun way to incorporate other players. You know, if the heist itself goes on for too long, it might be you have to play with just that set. But if you're a group and there's a fixer and or a couple contact points in each like little group, you could feasibly bring in new people for each new heist or recurring people. Have a small group. If you've got a lot of people that want to play heists and adventure guilds and similar quest-like endeavors can be a lifesaver. They can help you build that, that core group, but also make it a manageable size. I know that it can be really tempting to be like, yes, I can totally handle eight to ten people, but really you can't. It's very, very difficult. Not many people can, and even fewer can do it well. It's much easier to say, hey, you know, we're going to trade off. Like, uh, you guys can basically be in a guild together, and 
you'll get asked to do things or you'll have different quests that you want to undertake, things that you want to go do. And you guys have grouped together and decided that you are a band, a group, a guild, something. And four of you will go off at a time, like four to five or maybe three to five will go off at a time to take care of these things. That gives you more flexibility on scheduling so that you don't have to get all eight or all ten together. And it gives you an option of saying, hey, you know, like, I can't handle more people than this right now, so you get to be in the next one. And Cyberpunk 2020, Cyberpunk Red, Shadowrun, being Cyberpunk games based off of heists, kind of have that baked in which can make them very fun for larger groups, which is actually super beneficial because these games don't have as large a following as games like Dungeons & Dragons. But you can still apply the same idea in Dungeons & Dragons as well. So, definitely give these a try, especially if you are loving Cyberpunk 2077 or if you're dissatisfied with 2077 and you want something else. Regardless of your opinion on it, in fact, if you like the Cyberpunk world, any of these three games would be great for you to try out, test with your friends, and probably have a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Running the Table, a podcast all about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. If you have any questions, a story you want to read, or any comments, suggestions, or anything that you would like discussed on the show, please send them to me at rttpodcast at gmail.com. You can send them to me on Twitter, at Running the Table, or you can just leave comments wherever you found this. I will troll them best I can, but if you definitely want to get a hold of me, email is the best bet. All right. Thank you again, and until next time, enjoy and have fun running your own tables.